Welcome to the Market in Motion podcast for financial advisors, presented by FMG Suite. Listen to interviews with the movers, shakers, geniuses, and innovators of the financial advisory world. Visit FMGSuite.com to discover more great resources and products to transform you into an extraordinary marketer and grow your advisory. And now, without further delay, the Market in Motion podcast for financial advisors. Hi, everybody. Mike Woods here, one of the founding members of FMG Suite. Welcome to the Market in Motion podcast for financial advisors, presented by FMG Suite. More than 40,000 advisors rely on FMG Suite to help them stay connected, build relationships, and grow their business. Now it's your turn. Visit fmgsuite.com and schedule a demo so you can see our tools in action. Today I'm excited to be speaking with David DeMars, a financial advisor in Spokane, Washington. In the past, we focused these podcasts on broader issues like the U.S.-China trade dispute, retirement trends, and digital assets. But today, we get into the trenches with David and dig into the strategic and tactical decisions he makes on a daily basis with his business. For example, David has acquired seven firms over the past several years, each adding a new element to his practice. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. David and I have a far-reaching conversation about marketing, business development, and the concept of being referable on with the show. Hi, everybody. It's Mike Woods here, one of the founding members of FMG Suite, and welcome to the Market in Motion podcast for financial advisors. Today, I'm excited to be joined by our guest, David DeMars, a financial advisor in Spokane, Washington. David, are you ready for uh, some fast pitch questions today hey. about your advisory practice? Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Hopefully, I can uh, meet your expectations and those of some of your listeners as well. So I think I'm ready to go. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I wanted to uh, tell everybody, you know, in prior podcasts, we focused on things such as uh, uh, economic policy. We talked about uh, a little bit about tax reform. We've talked about retirement trends. We've talked about digital estates. But today, we're going to be taking a different approach. We're going to be talking with David about his practice and how he does what he does. So, uh, advisors, as I often recommend, get out a, uh, a notepad, uh, open up a browser, uh, get ready to take some notes because uh, David's going to have some information just about what he does with this practice, and uh, I'm sure you'll want to take a note or two to uh, keep up to date with it. So, David, let's start off. Uh, let's set the stage for everyone. Uh, help us uh, describe your practice and how long you've been offering the financial services. Sure, sure. So, uh, I'll start off with the how long. That's been an easier one for me. So I've been in the business about 22 years, background in finance, and then uh, came into the business because we can came from came into the business from the insurance side, and uh, we wanted to broaden our perspective. So investments were offered, and where our ratio really was probably 80% insurance and 20% investments really has flip-flopped. And now we're closer to probably 95% investments and uh, 5% insurance. So our practice um, starts out that uh, we have, my, I'm a solo advisor. I used to work with my father. My father has retired after we've been working together for over 20 years. We've had a wonderful, wonderful relationship. And so Currently, as the solo advisor, I have an office in Spokane, Washington, where we set up a comprehensive approach to our investment advisory services. And uh, so I have two full-time employees that are here, two part-time employees. And then I also like to feel that uh, people gravitate towards our office and what we do because of our comprehensive approach that does include not just investment advisory services, but also 
tax advice. So we have another office with uh, three full-time employees and three part-time employees during the tax season where we can also provide tax uh, advice and also tax preparation services to our clients. Wow. Wow, that's a uh, that's a powerful combination. Do you find when uh, what wh- what would you say is the number one reason why people approach you as a as an advisor? What what types of services are they looking for? Are they looking for retirement help, investment help, tax help? You know, um, I think I think uh, although that is pretty pretty specific and what we what we provide to people, I think they are interested in the comprehensive approach that dovetails not just investment advice but the tax advice and then financial planning. I think they are looking for uh, solutions to help them with questions and implementation. But I think some of the softer skills that also attract people that I, that I tell them up front is I think you're looking for somebody who's number one that is honest and number two who is competent. And the third reason is a chemistry. And I kind of joke with clients and say, you know, I trust my mom. I think she's absolutely honest, no question. But competent no disrespect to my mother but i don't think that this is her forte and so i think you need a combination <laughs> yeah you know sure i think you need a combination of uh, honesty and, and and also competency and i think there's also a chemistry i think there should be a little bit of a of a chemistry between you and the client values that you can relate to and appreciate and i think that helps to create somebody who you can not only trust but then take the advice and have uh, maybe in a medical term it could be considered bedside manner just somebody who you feel you can relate to when they give you that advice be it good or bad type of a commentary, you can feel that you can feel confident that you can move forward with what they're suggesting. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Give us an idea, David, of how many, how many clients you have. So my practice probably has a little bit heavy on the town, the, on the number of clients. Um, so I probably have right around 350 investment advisory clients is uh-huh. where I am. So those are clients where we charge a fee. And then I have several other hundred clients that fill on the broker-dealer side. Um, so as we transition our practice more from a broker-dealer to more to investment advisory business, uh, many of our clients, we don't take on or, t- or address many smaller size clients, uh, new clients on the smaller size. Sure. So we try to do more rollover and uh, investment in business for clients when they have inheritance, sell their business, or need more of those uh, type of fee-for-service types of advice. Gotcha. Gotcha. Boy, you mentioned the magic word there, rollover. That 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 whole concept just got harder uh, just, uh, just in the past month or so. Um, just... How, how that how the how the SEC how Finn reviews that? Yeah, we try to be very. Uh, I try to be very transparent with clients, and I give them options. Uh, I always just try to discuss with clients that they have the option to maintain if the plan provides. They can leave the rollover where it is, and then they could uh, potentially roll over to an IRA that they manage themselves or hire a professional. And then I always raise my hand and say we could be considered one of those people that can be hired for that advice. If uh, if we meet the expectations of who you're looking for. Right. Perfect. All right. Well, I think we've got a good feel for the size of your practice. Now, when I was talking to one of the uh, marketing reps that works with you, uh, uh, he mentioned something about an Alaska office. Did I get that wrong? No, you're correct. So uh, one of my growth um, goals that we've had is not only internal, but organically, but also externally. So we've made a couple of business acquisitions over the years. We've had five different business, actually six. We just completed another one last month. So we've had six business acquisitions, and one of those is in Alaska. 
So that's the that Alaska practice has an investment advisory business that I also manage, and then I also take care of those clients uh, by offering them tax services. So that's what we provide to them out of the tax uh, out of the Alaska office. Ah, fascinating. So, uh, so it, it, you're it, that's uh, a fascinating area of your business. So what you're looking at are you are when you acquire these businesses are these uh, advisors that are. Uh, that are that are looking to retire are they active or give me give me what the profile of that looks like sure so i think it was easier earlier on in my career than most recently you know the ratio out there of buyers to sellers is pretty high 60 70 seller buyer 60 70 buyers to every one seller oh boy so i try to keep I try to keep out there and make myself aware uh, or make people aware that I do have an interest if it fits the right um, type of uh, products and and also value offering that I try to provide. But this one was kind of unique where I wasn't going looking for an office in Alaska, but I served in an OSJ in the practice. So I've known this gentleman for over a decade and I've known his staff. I've known his office. I actually even knew several of his clients because I've gone up to Alaska to do audits over the past years. So it wasn't that large of a transition. It was just kind of unique that, okay, how do I manage an office from 3,000 miles away and, uh, and make it profitable and such? So that took a little bit of logistics to work through, but we're now two and a half years into that transition. And I would like to think that the employees that we have there, the team members, that they're happy. I would like to think that the purchase that uh, the purchase that with the who sold the business to me that they are happy, and I'd like to feel also most importantly that the clients themselves are getting as good or not equal or even better service than they had before. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's fascinating. That's a that's a podcast we're going to be doing in the future, talking about uh, how to expand through acquisition. So, uh, David, when that one comes up, we'll be talking to you again. Well, that would be interesting. Yeah, I'm happy to have that conversation. We just had another acquisition last month, so maybe in six or 12 months, you can call back and see if I made a big mistake or if it's, being, <laughs> if it's doing well. <laughs> so that's literally where we are. Oh, it's good stuff. That's good stuff. All right. All right. Well, let's switch gears for a sec. I, I want to, uh, uh, we've got a good feel for the practice. I want to talk a little bit about your marketing efforts, really from the higher level and then we'll go down to more of the specifics. But I think the uh, the podcast listeners will want to hear about the the marketing approach for your firm. Kind of give us a perspective of how you put your marketing efforts together. Uh, and, and really, kind of uh, in the in the in your home office, and then in the satellite offices. Sure, sure. So great question. So, you know. I kind of see that marketing is a black box. Like I spend marketing dollars and I really don't know what type of response that I'm getting from those marketing dollars having spent them. I've spent some money over the past. And in doing so, I feel like I've learned a lot of ways of how not to do marketing. I kind of consider it my tuition payment, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I had one, one $25,000 uh, marketing expense that yielded me a $900 payback. So I thought that was about a $24,000 tuition payment on how not to do marketing. Oh, boy. So, but what what I've done over the years is I've done some I've done some seminars, I've done some hard print marketing, um, I've also teamed up and I've even paid for some for some leads and such. But uh, frankly, um, and not to be too self serving towards FMG, but I've really housed towards FMG in the fact that they provide me a link between my marketing, between my website, 
and between my ongoing, uh, they provide me a database. It provides me a database of information, of material, in video content, in print content, in kind of infographic, like quiz type of content that helps to engage people. And this information I have found to really be a good home for me. My biggest regret is that I heard about, uh, you know, this type of offering about, I don't know, we're 2019 now, so it was probably six years ago, some 13 or 14, I heard about them, and I didn't make the change, frankly, because I didn't want to make the expense. I just didn't want to spend the money on it, and that was a regret that I had. I'm so pleased with uh, some of the changes that are taking place with my marketing currently. So... I like, I'll mention something else that I really like about the marketing that I'm getting is I'm getting feedback. Right, um, right. I'll give you an example that literally happened this morning. Um, this morning I had a gentleman who, his birthday was last month, and uh, on all of my clients I re- try to reach out to them in addition to the auto type of an email that goes out from uh, FMG. I also try to just send him a quick text message, happy birthday, and just let him know that I was aware and such, a little more personal touch. This gentleman reached out, and it wasn't a large, it was a small rollover, but he said, hey, I just wanted to consolidate this. I've had this over at another custodian for a number of, number of uh, and we talked about it in our last review, but I don't like to push. And so he said, hey, can you take care of this? So literally that's what happened. And it, it takes place, I think it, it creates awareness, it creates positioning with my clients that they know that I am there and available. And uh, then I can use team members to help implement whatever the questions are or follow up with them as necessary. So that has been a really nice addition that segregates, or uh, excuse me, not segregates, it integrates with my website. And I actually have two websites. I have a a Spokane office website and I have an Alaska office website. You know, I've kind of had a hard time thinking if I should consolidate the businesses and just have one, but I just kind of felt that uh, I wanted to keep them separate because of there's some brand that has existed over the years in both of those, lo- those locations. And so uh, we kept them separate for now. And so I have two websites that are out there to help accommodate. And both of those websites, I'm using uh, FMG as a back backbone to help uh, support and provide the information. Oh, that's great to hear. That's great to hear. D, uh, d- so as you as you consider your marketing efforts, you you mentioned presentations. Uh, for an example, do you do you have a marketing calendar that you uh, start to highlight? I'm going to talk about uh, uh, uh the, well uh, the one I saw that was on your website, uh, your Spokane website. You're going to be doing the uh, the halftime report, which is a presentation that FMG put out. Sure. Yeah. And so the answer is yes, we do have a 12 month marketing calendar. It helps me to kind of budget out. Again, mm-hmm. I hate to just kind of throw money out there and just burn $100 bills, but I feel like the marketing calendar helps me to create some accountability for myself and also my team members to what the expense is going to be and how much we really want to budget. I like to be able to invite, you know, our most important clients, our key clients to those types of events. And so I reach out to them and provide that to their, also to their, um, to their uh, potential people they'd like to introduce to us. So the halftime report is another example of that. We're going to go have it at a local restaurant here in the area. Uh, we're going to sh- feed them a, a nice little dinner, and then we'll have an up- update just that we're going to present that's going to include the economy and the market year-to-date, kind of what we see going forward the next 12, 18 months, and have a little Q&A with them and um, 
you know, have a little bit of time while we're together. So that's the intention of that. And we're allowing and asking if they would invite a, a qualified prospect that they feel could benefit from the type of value offering that we provide our clients, that we invite them to bring them along as well. So, yeah, so we'll see how that turns out. It's scheduled here for the end of the month. Gotcha. Perfect. Well, you know, one of the things that uh, I taught, you, you work with William here, William Gunn, one of our, uh, one of our marketing coaches. Um, does, do you, do you prefer to stick with proven approaches or do you try new marketing ideas as they come up? So I, you mentioned William Gunn. Yeah. I have to just give a, a, a plug for William Gunn and I think he is grossly underpaid. So that's beyond <laughs> record for how I view. Okay. <laughs> Filed and noted. Filed and noted. Okay. I think one of the one of the best one of the best decisions that I have made was not just FMG but to have a marketing coach and here is why I am too busy going on with everything else I need to do to run my practice to also take care of marketing and it's nice to have somebody William who is seasoned in the area and he knows my practice over the past several over the past year he has got to know my practice more and more so that when things come up now he is proactively reaching out to me to give me advice, and he schedules for me about every four to six weeks of follow-up. So it helps me to keep accountable. I'm very easily I'm very easily distracted with things going on, but he sets me up an accountability to come back and say, "This is what you told me you're going to do. Are you doing it? And if if not, why not? Because if it doesn't work, move on." So, so matter of fact, I'm holding in my hand right here a nice five-page. I'm kind of waving it so you can hear yeah, it. I got me. it. Yep. So it's an so it's our perspective newsletter. So we send it out once every quarter, uh, and it has a nice little – so he helped us design the content, design the art, the layout. and But it was basically plug-and-play for me. It was very simple for me to get uh, to get out the door where in times past I would just kind of look at this and go, oh, how am I going to take time to park the car and change the oil? I've got to change the oil while the car is running. Sure. So – he has helped me to kind of get that implementation with the resources that I mentioned he has available. So anyhow, I've, I see uh, the marketing coach as an excellent asset that complements, and I frankly wouldn't do it any other way. Otherwise, I just am trying to find somebody else in my staff who frankly is not a marketing expert like, right. like William is. Right. So he helps me keep on track, find timely information, um, I think is a wonderful asset for our offices. Awesome. Awesome. That's great to hear. You know, uh, one of the things he and I uh, talked a little bit about was that you're, you're starting to move into video. Give me an idea of how that idea came about and what your plans for it are. So like all good ideas, I think I steal them from other people. I think it's the greatest form of flattery is plagiarism. Always has been, always will be. So, so I guess what I've done here is I have seen uh, some of the people have reached out to me have been using some video presentations and and frankly I'm kind of lazy and so if I can just watch something that gives me an explanation in 30 seconds as opposed to reading the content myself I like how I can I can um, I can just grab that content and, and learn or read about it. So in this case, what I've done is uh, I've reached out to a couple of different options. We've we paid some professional videographers to come in, and they filmed us in the office to do a, a video presentation on the office, and also did one on me personally. But now what I'm also doing is I'm reaching out, <clears throat> and I am using a third-party service to introduce some of the meetings, like. Uh, if a client wants to, if I feel like the pre, what I'm trying to talk about is a little bit too complex to put into an email, 
I'll just record myself actually on my uh, my uh, camera that I have, my sure. webcam, mm-hmm. and I'll record that, and then I'll send them a link to it. And what I like is through this third-party service is that they provide me a link that I know when the video has been viewed. Right, right. You so, know when the video has uh, been viewed, and if they skip through it or watch the whole thing, right? Yeah, it's fantastic. I had a client. It was a it was, it was a spreadsheet that we created to decide should we sell the house or because they want to they want to tour the United States for the next three years. And so they're saying, hey, we're in Seattle. It's an expensive market. Do we downsize? Do we sell the house and use the proceeds to buy the trailer, a truck and trailer we're going to be using, or do we decide that we want to then uh, take out a loan to borrow it and we'll just rent out the house while we're gone? So I created a little template of a spreadsheet to use, but it was a little complex with all the different assumptions I was making. So I just recorded a video and I sent it to him and say, okay, here's the spreadsheet of the information. Here's the assumptions that we made. Please have a chance to watch it and view this. Oh, and by the way, the husband and wife are in different situations because they're both working. They can't get in the same location very easily with, with the schedule together. So I said, just watch this, watch this at your leisure and then send me back your comments and we can go from there. So that's an example of the video that I think, and I think clients like seeing me in a more personal touch. Sure, I, absolutely. They like seeing me as a person. I've never even met these people face-to-face, uh, so it helps them to see who I am and my style and what I'm doing. And then we also provide an, an economic uh, video content. We record the video once a month. We upload it to the website, put it in our blog, so that clients can kind of get our quick, you know, three three-minute state of the economy, so to speak, on a monthly basis, and I just record that. And, you know, my, my hesitancy of using video was that I thought, oh, I'm going to look funny in front of the camera. You know, I don't have the right background or the right lighting or whatever it may be. You know what? I kind of just felt like I throw myself down the stairs. I break a couple of bones. I realize what things that didn't work and didn't work. And I pick myself up and I start working through it. And, and it has improved over the last several episodes as I've recorded these. I have gotten better at them. And uh, there's still room for improvement, but I, I am pleased with the, the, the easy ease of bringing video into the uh, conversation with clients and also potential prospects. Sure. I mean, when you do a video that explains a spreadsheet, you're attract, you're, uh, the left brain and the right brain are both engaged, the analytical side and the, uh, and the side that really wants to relate and understand and uh, feel connected to you. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like it. So I think it'll just become more and more as part of my practice. And if you wanted to, I can I can send you. I don't know how much you want by way of names of the company that I'm using, but there are others that are out there. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, that's perfect. Uh, let's let's uh, let's. Ju- I want to go back to that halftime report because that's a presentation that uh, well I worked on quite a bit down here. We're we're very proud of that one. Um, I, I want to. You mentioned that you were doing that at a local restaurant now. Uh, is 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 that a client only event or is that clients prospects sure sure so what we have is we've gone through and identified we have a little bit of a of of a of a, a limitation on how many people we can invite because of the size of the venue i wanted to have it in a like in a conference room so i'm anticipating around 40 people max that i can have in there that includes their guests that they would bring so it's just going to be a simple, hey, 6 p.m., I want you to bring your you and your spouse. Uh, and I, I, the way I presented it, I reached out and said, I would like you to bring a qualified prospect. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's more of an expensive event. It's going to be about $70 a plate. So for a husband and wife, we're talking $140 expense to me. Sure. So I'd like them to bring a qualified prospect. No disrespect, but I 
no, I don't know. Like, I want them to bring their their high their their child who just graduated from high school or or is in college with a lot of college debt that I really can't do a lot for them by way of revenue selfishly to me. Sure. So I tried to make a qualified type of a prospect to help them see who I was looking for, and I think that that my clients understand and appreciate that. So we'll have a simple uh, conversation about the economy. I, I'd like to say that I have the, the ability to create these presentations on my own, but I really need a partner who I can then go and can create this information for me on my behalf. Then I can go and add or subtract my own uh, editing as far as I, what I would see with that. Sure. But it's very good content. It provides me a script, so I don't feel like I need to memorize everything. But I can then also add in my own information as necessary and appropriate. And it really creates a turnkey approach for me. So I like that, and I think that it'll be a great presentation on behalf of my clients. Gotcha. Now, uh, do, you, do you do other presentations during the year? Do you do a, a retirement presentation, a state presentation, or do you, do you stick yeah, mostly so to the uh, economy and what have you? I'm busy. There's a lot of things going on, and selfishly, I want to spend time with my family. Sure. Now, I've got seven children, so I like to. Sp- I want to sp- make sure that they're a priority of what I'm doing with my time. Us, so us, what I try us, to do uh, is... Uh, uh, we all thank you for that. Future taxpayers coming into the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what I try to do is I try to have in the spring, I try to have typically an April and a May type of a client event. So I do it on the front and I try to do the back end, typically a September, October type of event. And these are educational type of events, sure. client appreciation events where I have this halftime event is more of a state of the economy. But those other events that I have would include, as you mentioned, estate planning. I could do identity theft. Sure. I could also do a tax planning. I may throw in there a social security type of event. It kind of depends on what's happening, what I have done in the past, and then I decide on the topic and uh, and then I present it from there. Gotcha. Now, with this halftime presentation, you've got the 40 people you've invited, clients, you're looking for them, qualified prospects. What does success look like for you? If you could could click your heels together, what would it look like on the other side? Uh, I don't want to get up and make a fool of myself in presenting, okay? (laughs) I'd I'd like to say that I don't get nervous, but I'm kind of like everyone else. I do get nervous when I present. Sure. So success would be that uh, that I that people get uh, people are well educated. They feel like it was a good event, and not just for education, but also hey, a little social event. They get to see some of the other clients that we work with, and then selfishly, success for me in that would also be that they would you know I'd like to be able to have a qualified prospect from that. I'd right. like to be able to find that my best clients or new clients come from my existing clients. And I always tell my clients, I don't want to beg for referrals. I want to earn your referral. Sure. I want to earn the opportunity to work with those people who are most important to you, your family, your friends, your business associates. And this creates, I think, a very um, very easy environment where they can invite them and, and they can say, hey, you know what? Here's a guy who I feel has worked for us and our family and or us and our business. And uh, why don't you come to dinner with us and you can kind of test drive it, so to speak, on your own. And then you can see if you want to follow up. It's pretty non-confrontational, non-invasive. Uh, I think it'll be a that'll be a good success if we have one or two uh, potential new clients that come from that. Gotcha. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, 40 people, $70 a plate. And you're putting out $2,800 just for just for the just for the event alone, not to mention then the other uh, other expenses you incur. So. I don't think anybody sure. would look at that and say that uh, 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 planning to get one or two people interested in your services to follow up with would be uh, w- w- would be a measure of success. 
Yeah, but I also keep in mind that yes, it is an expense, but I'm 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 spending these on these are on my clients. Sure. These are my most gotcha. important clients. And so I'm happy to have them and invite them to come so they can come and participate uh, and we can, you know, spend those marketing dollars on them. That's part of that budgeting that we kind of do every year to decide how much we want to uh, to spend. Sure. Uh, makes good sense. Um <laughs> One of the things William and I talked about too, and I wanted to, you know, we're getting we're getting close to the end here of the the podcast, but I wanted to talk to you about a, a client event you recently put on. You recently uh, put on Toy Story Four. Yeah, so I mentioned some of those um, those client appreciation education events in the in the in the we do throughout the year. I also do a spring, and I also do in October or maybe December, actually November or December type of events. So we did Toy Story Four. It was family friendly. Uh, it was really, really easy for me to send it out. All I had to do was just find a uh, cinema that would allow me to do it, and uh, so I paid for the all the tickets, and they worked with us well. If I didn't have somebody, I didn't have to rent the entire theater, which was nice. So I paid for those people that came, and so we're going to do another one in the fall. Maybe Star Wars. We'll see uh, what's available, what comes out, but clients come. It's really a really a fun little event. They can invite their grandkids that come along. And, and, uh, so it's a much more open event for everybody to come. So, and and the goal for this is how would you characterize it? Yeah, good question. You know, I'd like to have, I'd like to have fun. I'd like them to see me in a more casual environment. There's no presentation at all. It's not uh, Hey, let's uh, talk about the market for five minutes or anything like that. It's just, Hey, we're here to have a good time. I appreciate your opportunity to earn the business on your behalf. Um, have a good time and enjoy the movie, and and then we go from there. And so, that's really the purpose. Gotcha. Is it? Um, give me an idea of comparing and contrasting the costs of Toy Story Four and the halftime report. How do they? How do they measure? So obviously it's different. I mean, the cost of a movie ticket's between ten and twelve dollars, whether it's a child or a youth. And we sure. do it on a Saturday morning at at about ten or eleven o'clock, and that helps to. Um, helps to make availability that people can come. So obviously $10 a head versus $70 a head is quite different. Yep. Yep. Uh, but I also, when they do the, when they do the, the movie event, they can invite all their children. They can invite, you know, a friend or a neighbor or somebody that comes along, which is fine. Uh, it's a little bit different when I'm inviting them more specifically to, we're going to be talking about dinner, having at the dinner and talking about the state of the market, the state of the economy and what we kind of see has happened and going to happen. So, I think my clients are respectful. They realize that I'm spending money, and I think that they understand um, because many of them are business people themselves, and I think they, they're they conscientious of, of how they take advantage or, or potentially, yeah, take advantage of what I'm trying to provide to them. Gotcha. Uh, awesome. You know, one of the things that uh, William and I talked about a little bit was uh, one, of the, one of the things you strive for is to be more referable. And uh, I, I thought that was interesting because I think uh, referrals are really a little bit of the holy grail. People always want referrals, but sometimes they have to be careful what they wish for. But when when I talk about being more referable, how how do you how do you position yourself or and your practice to be a little more referable? Um, I think the number one thing I try to do is provide value, value, value better value than they can get anywhere else. I tell my clients, if I'm not earning your business every time we meet together, then I don't deserve your business. So if I am providing that value to them, then I have no shame of saying, listen, if I'm doing a good job for you, we would appreciate, and this is how I pitch it, we would appreciate if you would keep us in mind for your family, friends, and associates who would also 
benefit from the services we provide. I used to do a list and write that down, or I used to send out cards or say, hey, we're doing a new prospecting month. This, I just, each time I visit with my clients, I just remind them, and I think that they appreciate that. Then I also provide opportunities, though, that when I say be more referable, events like the movie, sure. events like the client appreciation, events like the halftime report. So they can say, hey, I have somebody, and here's an opportunity that I can kind of test drive them and introduce them to you, David. So that's how I try to make the referability is provide value better than they get anywhere else on a comprehensive basis, and then opportunities that we can get introduced together. Well, yeah, I, I, I you know, as I hear that, I, I hear William in the back of my mind saying it's that uh, that Ritz-Carlton approach you have, and it's that uh, uh, the approach you take, which is uh, your your clients feel like they're part of a club. It's a it's an exclusive club that they're that they're part of David's club and. Uh, not everybody can be part of it. Well, I'd like to feel, I tell my clients, we would like to be the last financial advisor you ever hire. <laughs> um, we want to be the end game, the last one, because we provide all your services here. And if we can't, I don't want to feel like I have the, you know, the perfect situation. I'd like to feel like we can evolve and we can be smart enough to reach out to to reach out to where we don't have that expertise to involve other team members that can help answer those questions sure. as necessary. Boy, I like that approach. I when I when I coached my uh, my kids, and uh, I would always tell the parents when I would coach baseball, I never want to be the last coach your child has. But I think the uh, what you're saying there is you want to be the last financial advisor someone has. That's great. That's perfect. That's good stuff. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, that's our intention. Well, David, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you doing the podcast today. Uh, we've got a lot of great information, a lot of good uh, strategic and tactical information, which I think the advisors, the listeners will really enjoy. Uh, so thanks for spending time with us today and uh, greatly appreciate it. Hey, thank you so much, Mike. It's been a privilege and a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Market Emotion podcast for financial advisors. If you found this episode informative, please share with your peers and colleagues. Visit fmgsuite.com to discover more great resources and products to transform you into an extraordinary marketer and grow your advisory. Subscribe and get updates delivered right to your inbox.